0: Stay inspired
1: humans love to collaborate humans love to think about new ideas and there's a magic in being able to build on those ideas and take a core idea and and just expand it until it becomes something tangible that you can get your
0: arms with
2: okay let's do it let's do it welcome back to inspired leadership my name is tyler bailey i'm here with susan power and I gotta say thank you so much for making this amazing, making this possible, because we've got another great guest for you. Now, have you have you heard of the posted note? Maybe you have them all covered in front of you, your desk all over the place. Maybe you got masking tape covered up. Well, the next person we're gonna talk to is the Canadian president for 3M. 3M is a company that uses applied science to improve our daily lives. With 32 billion in sales, that innovative company that brought you the post-it note that brought you masking tape, yeah. We're gonna be talking to Pennywise today and pulling on those leadership secrets, all those gems that she has that brought her to where she is today and where she's going. Pennywise was appointed president of 3M Canada in January 2020 and brings more than 20 years of global brand and marketing experience to her role. As president, Penny ensures that the company is always finding the right solutions for the Canadian market. Penny's also the co-chair of the Canadian Council for Women's Advocacy, which we'll talk about and the things that she's done to make moves to help women in the workplace, help break down those barriers. Let's hop into the interview. I know you're going to love it. Penny, welcome to the Inspire Leadership Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you today.
2: Hey, so I want to start this off, Penny. You are the President and Managing Director of 3M Canada. Can you tell us a little about your background and what led you into that current position?
1: I am a marketer and a, a brand and an advertising person by training. And I and I think that I I love the gathering of the insights and the understanding and the the nugget or the secret that you unlock. And I love the building of connections with customers and finding that really perfect way to tell a story. Um, I'm really goal-oriented. And you know, I always have this view of, I know where we need to go. I know what we need to do to get there. But I know I don't always have the answer and the path to get there. And so I think that kind of pulls in this other piece of I really Love working on high-performing teams and being part of high-performing teams, and uh, built an understanding of how to um, how to how to build one and what it takes to build one.
2: Do you have a process on how you go after goals?
1: I I think I have formal and informal ways. So as I build out a team and we're thinking about goals, it's like okay, this is the goal that we want to get to. This is how we need to get there. But then it really is. From a group point of view, it's about the group coming together to figure out the process to get there, and that I'm really cognizant that I am not the smartest person in the room, and that really your teams are built of people who should be way smarter than you uh, and can really help you lay out what that timeline or what that path towards goals looks like. For myself, for my own personal goals, I think I have them in my mind, and then I think about what is the path that I need to get there. And I I think about my career as one of those paths to get there. When I first started working for 3M Canada in 2000, I remember in one of the first few days of coming into our building here in London, Ontario, uh, before the renovations, there was a wall that had uh, portraits of all of the past presidents of 3M Canada. And I remember looking at that wall and in the back of my mind, one day I would like to have my picture up on that wall. And it wasn't like I went and wrote it down as a goal, but it was always in the back of my mind. And as I always thought about my career and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and the kind of experiences I've had at 3M since I joined them in 2000, uh, that's, that's been in the back of my mind. What are the things I might wanna do to get there? How are the things going to impact my ability? What are the skills that I need to develop to get that job?
2: Yeah. So you think, so you become, I like that. I like that. You've always had it in the back of your mind, kind of the rudder of your ship kind of guiding you towards where you're going. I love that.
0: And you, Penny, came into your current role at a difficult moment just before the pandemic began. How did you respond to those challenges that came up at the time?
1: So our challenge is really kind of twofold. From a, our manufacturing team was making sure all of those manufacturing team members were safe. You remember at the beginning of the pandemic, you didn't know how it was transmitted, you didn't understand how, how odd all the impacts were, how you could get it, how you could. It, it was really unsettling for employees, and we spent a lot of time really understanding and reworking our manufacturing processes to make sure all of our manufacturing employees were safe and they could be properly distanced. We reworked some of our pro. We also made sure that they had access to the personal protective equipment they had if they needed to be closer to each other. We also made sure we gave people kind of uh, flexibility in terms of in our manufacturing facilities people traded off shifts. So my kids need to be home from school. I can cover your shift later. So really worked on that flexibility to make sure we could continue to keep things going. We also had challenges for our our office-based employees. They all went home figuring out how to use Teams and Zoom and all of these platforms and making sure people had equipment. And again, building out the flexibility that people were homeschooling, people were looking after elderly parents, people were looking after other family members, but making sure people had the flexibility to be able to do their job and keep people's spirits up, keep them informed, communicate, listen, understand where there were opportunities to help them and really be authentic with our team.
2: You know, I'm I'm of the opinion that um, these unexpected hiccups and either they can neither shut us down or, or challenge us to grow. You know, um, especially some of the hiccups that you've just dealt with, with the recession, well, recession with the, um, with COVID, everyone kind of moving into this hybrid work model. Um, How do you approach that? That massive, massive problem solving that you took on. How do you approach that? Just, I know it's one step at a time, but where do you start? Where do you start with revenue? (laughs) What do you look at?
1: I've been thinking about it from the perspective of, of a few different you know areas about problem solving and and the interesting thing about working at a company like 3m is problem solving is at our core i know we're going to talk a little bit about the brand but when you think about who we are at our core it is about problem solving inside i've had the wonderful opportunity to work for 3m in international capacity and travel the world on behalf of 3m and meet 3mers in marketing around the world and what i discovered as i traveled and met People in throughout the company, we all have a spark inside of us—a little spark in our heart that is about problem-solving. It's about working together to find a better solution to make the world a better place. And I really think that that, that—you know—you talked about problem-solving and how you approach it. Uh, It's—it's about leveraging the best of our company's culture. So that is our company's culture is problem-solving. So so that was easy is not the right word, but that was a natural for us to really leverage that culture and bring that forward. I think uh, problem solving also really requires this ability to widen your perspective um, in terms of um, you get so bogged down in the day-to-day of, oh, there's a crisis, oh, there's a piece I have to answer, oh, I have to sign this, I have to return this call, whatever it is. But sometimes you need to lift your head up and you need to look around and you need to look around inside your company and understand what's going on and what are people talking about, what are people thinking about and listen to those people, but also outside your company. And I think the pandemic was a really great example of when you lifted your head and you looked outside the company, look at the way uh, commerce changed, pickup, curbside, delivery, uh, you know, companies that were really that were able to find ways to still succeed to still continue to thrive to continue to work during the pandemic it really revolved around that looking out and seeing how to meet those customer needs
2: you really leverage the culture i like that you leverage your own culture you paid attention to your employees
1: and you listen to customers you listen to the people who are engaging with you and and that's where the answers are there is nothing more powerful than learning i i just uh, i and i think that's what makes a career exciting is always being ready and open to learn and try new things and uh, open your mind to those different experiences.
0: Speaking of learning, when I think of 3M and feel free to correct this, it's it's been a few years. When I went through MBA school 20 years ago, we had a case study about 3M and I've never forgotten it. I think of it whenever I think of innovation about the posted notes and how I remember it was 3M was looking to have invent some type of super glue. And it ended up not being a super glue, but they they turned it into one of your biggest success stories of the post-it note. Am I am I remembering that right? I'm remembering this from MBA school. <laughs> so it definitely
1: was a a fascinating case because it was part of my MBA program as well. I remember the case. Um, so our post-it note is one of our most fun stories to tell about invention and innovation at 3M. So there was actually an experiment that was going on where they were looking to create an adhesive that had very high strength bond capabilities. And technically they did invent a really high bond um, adhesive because if you take post-it notes, because we always have post-it notes here in our office, um, it actually, if you, tr- if you lay them on top of each other and like this, and you try to pull them apart like, oh, like
2: you you put them, you stick them together. Stick
1: them together, like, and then you. you pull, as opposed to lifting up, you pull okay. left to right. It's actually incredibly hard to shear them apart. They don't come apart. But the lifting up is, um, is, is, uh, is actually quite, it releases quite well. That's our technical adhesive term. But certainly, we had two uh, individuals in our lab who were working on different adhesives, and Art Fry, who we consider the father of the post-it note, uh, was really looking for a solution because in his hymnal at church, where he would be marking the hymn for the service, the piece of paper would fall out. So the post-it note was the invention to stick to the page so he could find the the note in the hymnal of where he needed to be. Uh, and and the rest is history. I I had the pleasure of working for a vice president a number of years ago who was actually on the original team that launched the post-it note. He was part of the sales team, and he had tremendous stories about, um, providing post-it notes to administrative assistants and how they seeded it and how it caught fire and how it it caught fire, meaning how it got, people got so excited about it and found and found it to be so incredibly useful. And that now it's an absolutely indispensable part of everyday life and communication. And it really comes down to our, a few things, you know, it's, uh, it's our 15% culture. Uh, I think that was probably also part of the case study. One of the really wonderful things at 3M is every employee can spend up to 15% of their time working on projects that are outside of their day-to-day job. And it is about really cultivating that uh, curiosity, that innovation, that, that enthusiasm to solve problems.
0: Yeah, you definitely the brand synonymous with innovation. When I think of 3M, I definitely think of innovation. And when you talk about that 15% of employees time on innovating and working on projects that they want to work on, it makes me think you're probably looking for curiosity when you're when you're hiring. How do you suss that out when you're interviewing employees if they truly have that curiosity?
1: This opportunity to travel the world and meet with 3Mers What I noticed was that spark inside each person and that curiosity. And what I found as I interviewed people, you were able to ask questions about what they'd done, how they'd led projects, where they'd innovated, or different approaches that they might take to projects or problem solving. I I think that gives you an inkling. And I also, also think that as people are being interviewed, I think they start to understand what that curiosity is when they see what's there and either it's energizing to them or it's not energizing to them.
2: Real innovation requires some, some level of risk, no matter even if you have a well thought out idea or you know, we're definitely putting ourselves out there. So imagine one of our listeners is just driving in the car right now and they have an idea, they have a great idea, but they're, they're scared out of their mind. Where can they start if they have a really great idea?
1: So our very first product that we made at 3M was sandpaper and uh, one of our abrasive sandpaper reps in the early 1900s was selling to auto body shops. The black Ford had now moved to two-tone Fords and the way that they were making it a two-tone paint job was to take a mastic sticky substance and then put butcher paper along and then do the second coat of the other color and then they would peel off the butcher paper and the mastic, and quite often it would either lift the paint or it would have a very jagged paint line. Our sales rep who was in there, Richard Drew, was watching and was thinking that um, he could solve that problem because a sheet of sandpaper is basically a piece of paper with adhesive, and then there's the, the abrasives material, the rocks on top. If you left the rocks off, it would just be the paper and the adhesive. He went back to 3M and said, hey, I had this great idea for this new product. And his boss at the time was like, I need you to go sell sandpaper. Let's not do this. But Richard was very determined. And uh, he, he invented, so he kind of $99 at a time, because that was the limit of a purchase order at the time and invented masking tape. But that came from that innovation, him watching what was going on in an auto body shop and him taking a risk. Can you imagine the world without tape to wrap your gifts with? And and that was really the impetus for William McKnight, our founder, to say, I encourage people to take risks. That's where the 15% came from. So that's inside a company like ours where culture really provides for that.
2: I hear what you're saying. It's almost like you need to surround yourself with the right environment to to promote that creative thinking, to to promote that confidence, to believe in yourself so you can actually take those steps.
1: And I think any one of us who has those creative ideas, those out-of-the-box ideas who is your network? Who do you speak to about that? Whether you're an entrepreneur, who are are your mentors? Who's your board of directors that helps you out? Who can you share with? I think humans love to collaborate. Humans love to think about new ideas. And and there's a magic in being able to build on those ideas and take a core idea and, and just expand it until it becomes something tangible that you can get your arms with. There are plenty of opportunities for us all to take those risks uh, in, in smaller increments without throwing everything on the line.
0: Yeah, very creative and dynamic. And, and if your employer's listening and willing to go with you for the ride and enable you to take those risks, I would think that would be pretty motivating to, to a lot of your team members. In 2015, Penny 3 m global rebrand, you, I understand you were responsible for leading its global rebrand and the memorable slogan, science applied to life. How do you take something from the brilliant idea stage to uh, enterprise-wide implementation? This is one of my favorite things to talk
1: about because I, as a brand leader, I'm so incredibly proud of what we were able to achieve. So we had a great project team. We had a great communication within the team. But I think one of the... The greatest strengths that we brought was the communication and engagement of all parts of the organization, uh, from executive leadership to the grassroots.
2: When you do get that pushback happening, you have an idea, and the team says, "No, that's terrible. We don't want to do this. This is this is awful." How do you face that? How do you approach that? What do you? What is your? What is your uh, approach on leadership in that sense?
1: I'm a big believer in listening to all the opinions around the table, even the contrarian that's at the table, even though sometimes it's really just no fun to listen to the contrarian. Because I do believe that even in the contrarian's opinion, there is a nugget that I need to listen to that helps me make the overall project better. So the reality is, is we're still driving towards this goal and this is still my idea that we need to do this piece of it as we've talked about but thank you for your input let me think about how i'm going to tell that story or how i'm going to message that story or what am i going to bring to make that better or quite often i would quite often put them in charge of the project to make sure that they make it happen in the way that it needs to be happening as well.
2: And it's almost like uh, hearing everyone's ideas. And then um, it's almost yeah. like a sense of getting them, get, getting buy-in in a way to the solution. Absolutely. I get that. Yeah. Making everyone feel heard. I like mm-hmm. that. And the
1: buy-in is really important, not just on the team, but all the other stakeholders that are around you from executive through to grassroots. Yeah. Executive in a, in a company, in a company like a global company like 3M, having... Global engagement was also really critical. I was really proud of the team because we had brand leaders in each area of the world who also provided input. Even translating the tagline, it's translated into 12 plus languages. We, we went out to the world and we said, how many languages does this need to be in? And let them decide versus us saying, oh, we're only going to do it in two or we're going to translate it into 50. And so there was an ownership of how we would launch and what we would own. And then behind it, we made sure we had all the material and stories to help people execute. So that every business, regardless of whether it was our healthcare business or our consumer business or automotive, felt that they had a place and could see themselves behind 3M Science Applied to Life. So it really was about communication, bringing the team together and and engaging
0: stakeholders and making sure everyone was engaged throughout the whole process. I'm wondering, when you think of your career, Penny, and the change initiatives that you've been involved in, and those that have been harder ones that might have created more anxiety or pushback along the way, how do you navigate it when you're kind of at that pivotal point, and it could go in either direction up or down to get to get that buy in? Uh, at the Obviously, at the beginning of the pandemic here in Canada, one of the
1: challenges that we faced as a nation was the lack of personal protection, protective equipment that was being manufactured in Canada and that many countries were working to make sure they were ensuring that all their healthcare workers could be protected. And obviously, in Canada, we wanted to make sure that all of our healthcare workers had the PPE that they required. And uh, it, from my perspective as the managing director in Canada, you know, my role was... I wanted to get a manufacturing facility set up here in Canada so that we could manufacture N95 respirators domestically and make sure we could support um, Canadians during the pandemic. And I think it really speaks to that change management and the relationships that you build uh, and how you build partnerships. You know, all of that comes together to navigate a pretty complex situation where I was able through Along with a really great team here in Canada, helped successfully sell that idea in and move it forward. But again, you know it comes back to being a team team player. It comes back to understanding who are the stakeholders, who are the critical decision makers, And then being relentless might not be the right word, but but being focused, um, you know, not necessarily taking the first no that came as, the no, right? Like when does it, what does no mean and when do you, and understanding where you can push and how you can flex and how you can move the dialogue forward. So I think those are really important parts of of change management and helping shape people's opinions. 3M has been uh, in the personal protective N95 uh, respirator manufacturing business for decades, but we didn't have a facility in Canada that was manufacturing. All of our N95 respirators were coming in from outside of Canada. So we now have a facility in In Rockville, Ontario. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Very proud of the team. Uh, There are some videos of the work that the team did in Brockville to be ready. We built a factory. We expanded our facility in seven months and started shipping product a week earlier than we had committed to Mm -hmm. and started shipping across the country to our healthcare workers, first responders in 2021, just to kind of at the height of the wave of maybe the second or third wave of the pandemic and the stories that our people tell of their pride in being able to get that done, Mm -hmm. make it happen, the sacrifices that we made. We had uh, operators and maintenance staff who spent six weeks in in the United States learning how to operate the equipment over Christmas between 2020 and 2021 because you couldn't come back and cross the border very easily so that we were ready. So I, so again, I think it's about the, the goal and the milestones and what you need to do to get there that really help drive people, lift people's spirits, uh, get them through the hard times and rally them because they know what the goal is and the difference that they can make. And and again it kind of circles back to we're going to solve a problem. We're going to make a difference. We're going to improve lives.
2: You're also the co-chair of the Canadian Chambers Council for Women Advocacy. Uh, Advocacy. I'm going to, I can't say, you know, that's fine. I would edit that out. We're going to leave that in. Um, In your experience, what prevents organizations from removing barriers for women? Um, how could they evolve their approach to gender equality?
1: I'm really proud to be the co-chair of the Council for women's advocacy. i I joined the the um, council just prior to the pandemic. and and my inspiration for it, was my daughter. My daughter is 25 years old and she's just starting out in her career. I always believe that we set the step up, we make it ready for the next generation and hopefully they that generation can stand on your shoulders and you can pass the baton to them. And as we moved into the pandemic, the number of women who left the workforce during the pandemic was significant. Uh, and women uh, between the ages of 35 and 39 left in the greatest numbers, and and, and they left because somebody needed to make sure the kids were being homeschooled. Somebody needed to look after the households, and so for me, it became a real call to action that we didn't want to step back, and we wanted to make sure that women were still continuing to move ahead and advance uh, in companies across Canada, Mm -hmm. and and not just because we wanted more women, but because women make up 50% of the population in Canada, and if Canada was going to recover economically and have a strong growth trajectory for the future, women have to be part of that that workforce. and I'm very proud that we were one of many voices that helped uh, propel the government towards $10 a day daycare across the country, and I think that will make uh, a significant difference in women's abilities to return to the workplace. And then I think businesses can also help uh, You know, the Canadian Chamber does also thinks about small and medium enterprises and entrepreneurs and how can we help support entrepreneurs in the, in the Canadian landscape as well and support um, their development and, and, and what can be done, uh, whether it's through networking, whether it's through Chamber Network and uh, supporting those small businesses to make sure that they continue to thrive as they come out of the pandemic.
0: Penny, what motivates you to keep innovating and pushing the industry forward? What's what's next for you in your career and your life and, and what keeps you motivated?
1: I really feel compelled to make sure that I am creating a place where it's better than when I got here. And it was great when I got here. I, 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 I I love working for 3M. It's a fantastic company. I've had amazing opportunities, met amazing people, and I really f- feel fulfilled by the different the different roles and activity. You know, I always joke that I I grew up in a small town in southern Ontario, and here I am, some schmucky little kid from southern small town, southern Ontario, who repositioned and replatformed a global, you know, f- Fortune 100 company. Like, what an amazing opportunity! And so I want to make sure other people have those opportunities and that I leave this company or I leave the Canadian economy or other companies in a place where women have better opportunities or they've stepped forward or the baton is moving ahead versus sliding behind. We need to have more champions and and, and we still need role models, but more champions to lift people up. And we all as businesses need to take actions and steps to make sure that we're not just talking about it. But we're really making an investment. So I want to make sure that things are better, that my daughter has even more opportunities, that we are our, our STEM education and our STEM roles are even more reflective of the diverse population and the cultures and the people who make up Canada, and that Canada is a powerhouse for the future because it is an amazing country. Uh, we have amazing people, smart people great institutions, great investment, and and there is so much opportunity for us for the future.
2: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Penny. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can, if uh, if you like, where can our uh, listeners reach out or figure out what, what 3M is doing in their next steps in their next year?
1: Oh, yeah. You can always read and go to 3M.ca, and we do have, uh, we do have, you can find out what we're doing and what we do around uh, products. Obviously, you can see our new products. You can see what action, uh, what activities we're up to. You can read more about our uh, work with uh, STEM and uh, STEM talks and STEM engagement. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter or you can see us on LinkedIn, but we're, we're out there pretty easy to find. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support of the Inspired Leadership Podcast. It's been a fun ride to see this grow over the past three years that Tyler and I have been producing this podcast. We have an amazing guest coming on the next episode as well. Uh, Returning guest, in fact, Josh Olson from VMware. And we're gonna share with you some of the trends they're seeing around digital workplace and employee experience um, from a survey they just conducted across Canada. So uh, please share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to it for the latest updates. And if you know an inspired leader, let us know about them. And perhaps they'll be a guest for a future episode. Susan at powerupleadership.ca would love to hear from you leave your comment in the feed and until next time stay inspired